Hello and welcome to the Forward Under Dawn podcast, the show exploring the fiction of the Halo series. I'm David and I'm joined by my co-host Danny. Hi, Leo. And today our special guest is Dust Storm from Podtacular. Hey, how's it going? And Dust is is recording from the field. Uh, our live correspondent cuz he's actually he's actually at E3 right now. Calling in. Uh yeah, so this is your fourth time at E3? I believe so. Fourth or fifth. I think it's fourth though. So. What's it like actually being there? So the Xbox press brief is a pretty cool experience. They actually for the first time have it in a different venue. Um it used to be at one of the performing arts center that was south of LA, but now it's actually at the Microsoft Theater here downtown. So it was interesting to see the difference that they had this year for the press briefing. And you have your usual hype crowd. So the Xbox Fan Fest has been something that's been going on now for five years. It's the anniversary for Fan Fest. So all the people that you see up front in the seats are all the Fan Fest people. That gets all the crowd typed up and whatnot. And uh, it's really interesting being there. There's a lot of artifacts in there that you get to see that react to people on stage or some of the videos and whatnot that you don't necessarily get to see. But it's, it's a very surreal experience, to say the least. As dust is passed by a motorcyclist. <laughs> that wasn't a motorcycle. That oh, was okay. two wow. cars that were, that were racing down the roadway. That guy's booking it. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the actual Halo stuff, um, anything that stuck out uh, for the other E3 offerings from Microsoft? Obviously, we got the the new console, I guess, teaser for Project Scarlet. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't get a new console. We got told about it. Yeah, it was... I mean, I guess Sony isn't probably going to release it there either if Microsoft is being coy. Um I guess they'll just have a separate event for it. I'm not sure. Or maybe since it's a year out, we're just going to wait until uh, next E3 to get the whole big thing. Bingo. Bingo, I betcha. Yeah, I believe Sony's doing their own thing. Now. Yeah. And everyone's basically doing their own thing. It's kind of weird to see how E3's changed so much. Um, <laughs> Everyone except Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh Although I, I really assume because they spend so much time talking about how they're connecting all the gamers and stuff, and they also announced a new super expensive Elite Series 2 controller that I really hope that controller works for the new Xbox because who else is going to buy a super expensive controller this late in the life cycle of the console? Well, remember, this is still within the Xbox One family, so everything as far as games and peripherals that runs on an Xbox One Xbox One S, Scorpio, all that stuff's still going to run on these new consoles. Hopefully. I mean, I, they say that, and yet I don't trust them until it actually happens. It's because that's not how we've done done consoles before. Healthy skepticism, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, but So were there any games that you guys were particularly interested in? Well, for me, once I saw Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk, that piqued my interest. It was good timing with John Wick 3 in cinemas now, huh? Huh? There was there was a lot of branding synergy going on in that with the the Lego movie uh, stuff with Forza and 
that was unexpected. Yeah, I that was not what I was expecting. Same thing with the weird uh tie in mobile gears mobile game branded with Funko Pops. Not at all what I was expecting. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was the big things for me was Ori, which we already knew was coming out. Um, but it looks amazing and gorgeous. And I'm not a big Metrovania guy, but I love the original Ori, and I'll probably get this one. And then, I don't know. I'm not a big Gears person. It was a lot of sizzle. And I can appreciate, obviously, they're clearly gearing up for next year and the launch cycle. So I can appreciate they're just teasing things. But yeah, if you want. <laughs> People like gameplay. That's generally how it is. You want your hype trailer, and then you want gameplay to go with it. And there was not too much of that, which was a bummer. Um, yeah, hasn't been their norm for E3 in the past, but the trailer was interesting. For me, the other, I think the other thing that was kind of, well, the only thing that really stuck out to me was just a lot of the other, like, X-Cloud stuff. And it would be nice to actually get a hands-on feel of it tomorrow but that's still one of those things i'm like i'm excited for but i'm very skeptical about because there ain't, ain't there ain't nothing like that direct connection to your console at home i mean i even played with my controllers wired i don't do wireless although i know the wireless has gotten better but that's just yeah that's, you are the hardcore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I think it's it's really going to come down to I cannot imagine trying to play competitive twitchy shooters on that stuff, but for for strategy games and stuff like that. Um, oh, well, that was that does remind me a thing I am personally excited about, though. Uh, in the the Discord chat, as we were watching, Danny or someone else made the accurate observation that Age of Empires two definitive edition looks like a mobile game at this point like all those clash of kind of isometric games yeah i'm still excited for it because i mean it looks like age of empires 2 but it is kind of funny how it has aged badly in that respect well and it's interesting you bring that up because it's not even the most recent age of empires for one two it still has the very blocky movement i mean the some of the destruction stuff and the 4K graphics, yeah, it's all nice and everything, but it still looks like an old game. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like graphics. the Definitive Edition. It looks like what you imagine when you look at it. If you go back to the original Age of Empires, it's like, oh, well, it's a blurry mess, actually. But it definitely... I think... Well, it, they came out with Age of Empires HD, and so I'm guessing the fact that they are coming out with this is a tacit admission that the hardcore Age of Empires 2 people who are still playing don't care for HD. Um, and so this is supposed to to be for them. I guess I'm just surprised that there's that many Age of Empires 2 specific players. Alright, well, Age of Empires 2 is the superior game in the franchise. That's There's no arguing about that dust. <laughs> I mean, Age of Empires, the original, was a great game, but it did not age well mechanically at all. Age of Empires 2 is a game you can still play. Like, in the original Age of Empires, you could literally lose your units behind buildings. It was kind of rough. Age of Empires 2 was a much more refined experience, and that's the game I spent the most time playing. 
So I'm excited. Gotcha. Except it's not going to come to a Mac, which is going to suck. So I don't know. I might play it in boot camp or something. A lot of people, even at work, who would who are especially excited for this. But Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> that was out of nowhere. And when I but when I when I saw the bumper for using real time atmospheric data powered by Azure, I'm like. Flight simulator? And then sure enough, 30 seconds into it, we saw planes. I'm like, wow, they're actually bringing flight simulator. And it actually looks like something that people who have played flight simulator before might be interested in. So that was kind of a little curveball out of left field. Yeah, that's cool for the people who care about that. I know they are, They speaking of hardcore crowds that they are catering to, that definitely seems like a, a niche audience. Oh, it's a, but it's a hardcore niche audience. Well, yeah. They showed a lot. They showed a lot of different stuff. Um, and I think that's really what they were trying to do. Um, like everything from, yeah, those those niche things, Age of Empires, Flight Simulator, Double Fine, getting bought up. A lot more zombies than I guess I still expected in the year 2019. Um, it is what it is. People love zombies. Yes, they do. But... Uh, last, so you were saying I didn't remember this because I was actually uh, I wasn't watching E3 last year. But so, Halo, the Halo Infinite teaser was the first thing last year. So it wasn't technically an Infinite teaser; it was a Subspace Engine demo. Okay, you're right. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of teased Infinite, of course, but this year was the actual Infinite trailer. Yeah, so we got a teaser for infinite and like with project scarlet a a timetable for holiday 2020 so it's going to be a launch a launch uh title and somehow i guess like potato vision 720p on the original xbox one or something like that if it's a cross-gen title it'll probably be 1080 they'll probably just dial down the graphic for the xbox one or i wonder also if it's going to have split screen because they talked about bringing that back, I wonder if they're even going to have it on the low end, or it'll just be even more mushy. Would they not have to, since they promised it? I, I guess. They would, I think they would. I don't see them not, because if it's something that they're trying to make sure it's going to be supported on the whole family of consoles, and they're, they're pretty much promising that split screen is going to be there, I, I, I don't see them supporting it on Scarlet and not supporting it on Xbox One originally. Yeah, well, so either way, you're right. The last one was an engine demo, and this is our first official teaser. And I'm leaving aside, we did not get any gameplay to go with this, which some people were upset about. I was not surprised because we're still like a year and a half away. Um, But it was also... um, I mean, this is... The only thing I can say in terms of Halo teasers that's close to it is the Halo Reach one. But even then, um, this one was a bit more of a personal character piece for somebody we have never seen before. Um, And I think that was an interesting choice uh, before the Master Chief shows up. Um, And it's recognizably Halo to some people. Yeah, this is a very different feel than trailers that we've seen in the past, even with the tonal change that we got for Halo 4, 
this really took a left turn. And for me, it kind of left me with the sensation of this is a, a completely different way that they're introducing a Halo story. And I'm curious and intrigued. I'm not like turned off by it, but it's like, huh, this is a different perspective because it seems like what they tried to do, and this is just my opinion on it, but it's almost connecting that gap between other kind of minor characters in the universe. Cause right now it's been focused on a lot of the, like the big wig, secret, operatives, super soldier type people. And even ODST kind of had that, oh, this is a very specialized squad who is going in there to do a very difficult task. And you're in the game with the trailer now, you're, you're finally getting a just down-to-earth character that doesn't have any major role in action or government or whatever. So it's kind of making a new personal He's going to let us know if somebody ordered a warthog. <laughs> The Vega 419 Yeah. I actually hope that that he's not just a random character and that he actually shows up in like that capacity or something. That'd be nice. But even in Halo 1, you didn't know who the Pelican was. You just knew that she was Echo, Pelican Echo 419. You didn't really have a backstory. But with this character, there's a full backstory and a full like other purpose for this character that doesn't align with anything else that we've seen in the shooter title. Yeah. We've seen well, plenty gets, of it in the novel. He gets a family. <laughs> he gets a daughter and a kid. Uh, like, we're probably never going to see him again, but we actually get... Oh, well, that was the... All right, so they have it on the, the Xbox page, too. So it's just the pilot capitalized right now. Um, proper noun. Um Oh, so that's interesting. So the the Xbox briefing recap gives um, the next chapter in 343 Industries' legendary Halo franchise invites players to join the venerable Master Chief in an all-new adventure as he uncovers the mysteries surrounding the appearance of the pilot and the desolate remains of a Halo ring. Um, which I was wondering before, so I guess that makes it far more likely that what we're seeing is I don't know if it'll actually end up as in that form in the game but what a chunk of or representative of something of the opening scene uh, opening cinematic for the game then yeah it could be it makes sense you start start the game off by jumping out of a ship sounds about right <laughs> jumping out of ship that's what he does at the beginning of games yeah, so we went through um, the, I think, like what Dust was saying, that this is probably a good example of what they mean by spiritual reboot. It's not like they're throwing out continuity, um, but that they're going to approach it with this time skip to try and make it easy for new people to jump in. Um, so they're probably going to lay down a lot of what's going on in a way that those people won't feel like they're lost. Well, why would you feel lost when you start a game off and you're following the books and you're expecting seven different di- versions of didacts and you're wondering, which didact is this? The new players would have a, an easy jump on points. I'm sure they've they've learned. 
Wait, Dust, have you finished the Forerunner trilogy yet? I have. Okay. I was just checking on it. All <laughs> <laughs> with the yearbooks, are you, you're, not, you're not current? Oh, no. Uh, I have about 12 books on behind. I actually read through half of Hunters in the Dark on the plane ride over. Our condolences. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, next time I talk with Haruspis, he mentioned that that was one of his favorite books on Twitter, and I had so many questions. Um, it's well, that's not an interesting either. read. The, the writing style is a little different. Enough about books that you still have to muddle through and have not gotten to the best part yet. Um, <laughs> so they give us, like we said, most of the information about this comes from the Xbox article and the Halo Waypoint article. We'll put links in the show notes. Um, I would say there's there are some tantalizing... There are tidbits, like the, the Slipspace demo. There are tidbits. Um, we start off with the pilot. Uh, he's fixing something. Uh, he's clearly stuck on an abandoned pelican. Uh, we get the, the time skip, actually. I was wondering to also how much this will reflect in storytelling choices uh, that spins around him watching uh, his family on like a little hollow disc or whatever. And then he suddenly got a beard, which shows the passage of time. Uh, it threw me for a second because they've never really done anything like that in a Halo cinematic. I was confused if this wasn't another person. Um, but he gets a signal. It's Chief hanging outside in space like he does. Um but then he, they suit him up, and it's all better. Among the little details, I noticed uh, he the guy is wearing a classic uh, UNSC logo uh, before it got all fancified and 1970s Soviet-issued under 343's watch. Um, don't know really what to make with that. Um, and then there's also when they boot up Chief and restore power, there's a huge amount of of stuff uh, that scrolls by in his um, in his heads up display. One thing we get is a more definite timeline. There was some indication in the Slipspace Engine trailer that there was going to be a time skip up to. Um, 2560 and this yeah and so this makes it absolutely clear there's a last modified uh, detail in his firmware from uh, September 19th 2561 um, and that the armor revision uh, it's generation 3 Mjolnir um, we don't really know what that actually means um, created by the materials group 2559 so it gives us some time frame. And I'm assuming that means we're actually going to get, even if we don't get an explanation in the game specifically, it's a different suit. He did not just transmogrify from his Halo 4 stuff into this. What happened to the nanomachines? Yeah. <laughs> that was another Twitter thing that a lot of people brought up. Um, I think one of the more interesting things is after that comes up, uh, AI intrusion countermeasures and they specifically reference for people who have been following along for a long time uh, the system peril something distributed reflex spider which 
if you've been following along for a long time, that is from the I Love Bees Halo 2 ARG. Um, so that's a pretty deep cut. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah, that was the um, that was supposed to be the subroutine inside uh, the UNSC AI Melissa who gets thrown back in time who tries to fix her and I mean go look up I Love Bees on Halopedia. It's it's confusing. So uh, Danny pointed out that they have the serial number um, for the AI. Uh, there's nothing on the chip. Uh, they have Master Chief clearly break out um, an AI chip with nothing in it that he was holding in his hand. Um, and the AI check in his system diagnostics fail. It's not. It's obviously not Cortana because <laughs> she's not there. Um, I don't know if that means that's another AI or it's supposed to be like a, I don't know, like capture Cortana in the chip somehow kind of deal. I, why, why are you bring attention to it? So to give you th- thoughts to ponder, just like this. Also, I feel like that AI chip has been getting smaller in subsequent games. I feel like it used to be much larger, and now it is tiny. Ain't no tech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's got a different serial number than Cortana on it. I don't know if that actually really relates to anything. Um, I doubt they're going to introduce another AI that he somehow loses before the game starts, but I don't know. Um, that when it, he inserts it, it mentions weapon containment device, which is what also makes me think... Also, I played a lot of Myst where they have books that trap people in them, so that's where I start thinking it's like an AI trap thing. Um, but uh, there's... um. There's just a lot more questions. There's a time skip. There's a traumatic battle that Chief somehow survives. There's a broken ass Halo. And if you look at the promo art, it's just a bunch of ships at the Halo with the big chunk missing from the background. It's yeah. Cool. No, so they released, I guess, I don't know if we know if it's going to be the box art or something, but it's certainly key art they're running with on um, the official Twitter. So yeah, it shows these ships, it shows Chief, uh, it shows the the Halo kind of in ch- chunks in the background. Um, so I'm not sure if they're going to show something and then cut to this, or we're just going to pick up in kind of like an in res situation where they're just going to backfill See, stuff. The thing is, that, well, it could be, right? Instead, it looks like the, the, the aftermath of a battle mm-hmm. or something, but you know like, what it could be? It could be an accident. Someone pressed like the wrong valve on the on on the ring, and Master Chief was just flying nearby and got hit on the head by a passing space rock. He does specifically say. <laughs> he does specifically say that we lost the pilot. Um, although again, you have to wonder what exactly uh, can rip that much of a chunk uh, through a halo ring, even a guardian that seems like small potatoes. Um, you know. Thoughts on Chief's armor? Like it, hate it, whatever. I am personally okay with it. I, I I know there's a lot of people that like the classic style, and there's a few people that like the new style. I'm sure with everyone wanting an explanation, they'll probably give one, but 
I'm okay with it. It's interesting that like we didn't really see much. It looked pretty much like a more detailed uh, Mark Six in the Slip Space trailer here. But this reminds me a lot of the the Mark Four that he wears in Ford Unto Dawn, where it's got it's pretty much like Mark Six. It's just got a few differences. It's got bigger pauldrons and it's got the one one seven splashed on the front. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I know. For all we know, this is like retrofitted Mark IV or something. Who knows? It reminded me of the 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 Hill Legends one, actually. Yeah, a little bit. It's a it's a lot like that too. Um, which I don't know if that was where they got the the Halo Four Fort Hunter Dawn one. I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, I hope they explain this stuff. But. I'm fine with it. I like elements of both the old armor and the new stuff. Mostly I just hated that it randomly got changed in Halo 4 instead of explaining it. So if they explain it, I'll be fine. I've I've never, I've also never liked Halo 4 and 5's designs uh, for the Chief. It just always seemed off. This one is just pure fan service. It's like, let's make a Chief that appeals directly to me. Okay, go ahead. It looks the business, honestly. Like, I can't get over how awesome it looks. I mean, I'm bothered by the fact that it looks so nice. He's got, like, just one scuff on his front, but otherwise he looks... Yeah, that was a little curious. Meanwhile, his Halo 2 one is, like, immediately scratched up. Now we can see the progression in armor technology. Over time, it gets more durable. No, I guess he just had a glossy finish on the Halo 2 one and it immediately showed scratches and stuff. Um, then the so you get a they they repeat that, oh well we lost, like so clearly with the the pilot's facial hair to explain it to us, time has passed. I guess he was just floating out there for like a week or something. Um and we quote unquote lost. And then we get a giant beam of light which reminds me of i assume it's supposed to be like the it's the light that the guardians shoot out at the end of halo 5 and stuff that's what yeah it, that's what i was thinking it has to be something to do with that but how do you get from that to that to chief on on the halo I, nothing about that makes sense yeah i don't know but chief is not gonna run he's gonna fight and so they open up the back and he jumps out uh we get a kind of Reach-esque looking assault rifle, um, which I'm kind of bummed about because I think the Halo Reach assault rifle sucks, but what are you going to do? But he jumps out the back because that's what he does, and then we get a little tag with Cortana and what appears to be the uh, Halo control room. Um, actually, really reminded me a lot of the CEA one. And a little reference back to uh, the Fall of Reach and also Halo 3 about picking uh, Chief. Dude notices as well, he's taking the chip out of his head. Yeah, he's going to lasso Cortana. But it looks of things, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and this specifically, uh, so there's a 
bouncy blue ball of light that looks a lot like a manifestation of an AI um, in the control room. And this is also uh, after after whatever happens because they show the, the halo ring splintering. Um, so, I don't know how late this is in the game or whatever we're supposed to think about it or if it's just going to be a tag with no direct relevance or not. Yeah, that one took me a little off guard a little bit with the the whole Cortana tag thing. I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where what it makes me slightly worried just because I really there are all these people upset that Cortana went bad. And I think the absolute worst thing 343 could do would be to backpedal on that. And yet that I, makes me I'm not so worried away. about them backpedaling. I'm worried about the fact that this is the third game where they play up the Chiefs' relationship to, to Cortana. I was like, oh, not again. Don't rehash this crap again. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, more character stuff is never unwelcome to me. It's just how well is it done? Uh, it's just a repetitive theme. Like, it was prominent in hit 4 and 5. Uh, this is the first trailer for this game that's prominent in this at the end. So it's like, do you have to tell all your Halo stories through this filter of their relationship? Like, the ways then? And how they're, they're saying this is what the foundation of it is? I mean, there's no reason for Chief to really be the focus of Halo, but he still is because people cannot get enough of Chief even after they could have ended his story and it would have been fine. So, because Chief is the focus, Cortana has to be in there. Well, they like, did. They have to come with a package. I mean, spiritual reboot or not, they have to deal with what they set up, whether or not you like what they set up. So I feel like they should at least do that. The worst thing they could do, really, is what some people want. It's like, oh, just wake up, Chief. It was all a dream. Um, so they have to deal with that plot somehow. And I want them to actually make it the focus instead of just skipping it along because that's another way to annoy people. People got upset that they killed off Jewel Madama in the first cutscene and stuff like that. That was um, absolutely hilarious. I remember the initial reactions to that. I was totally fine with that. My complaint was that he went out like a chump. Like that should have been a gameplay sequence and he should have actually like put up a fight. But that's just me. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> I mean, so there's not a whole lot in that trailer, obviously. There's more little tidbits. Um, I can see why people are disappointed and that doesn't give you more to bite on for the story. Um, but again, we're... Yeah, I think it was it was pretty telling. Um, they ain't going to show us anything. But they want us to keep the faith, have a reminder of some good stuff coming, the, br- the, the, the tiniest of morsels... But saying, look, here, it's, it is coming. It's going to be good. And now they've had this extra time to develop it. There was believe spelled out in the hex code. Yes, there was. was... Yes. <laughs> um, well, uh, they also, I mean, they, they mention um, at the end of the Halo Waypoint article, until next time. Um, but they're still going to get a flighting. Uh, and as for what's next, E3 2020 will be a big moment for Halo Infinite. Um which makes it sound like we're not going to get anything major until then. So for the next year, 
we gotta chew on this and then whatever comes out in the expanded universe yeah it sounds like that's what they're spelling it out they're like saying get ready for it it's gonna be a long wait but it'll be worth it and i'm inclined to say yeah it probably will be actually i mean there'll be the multiplayer fighting mm-hmm. we might not get anything significant at all we might get the multiplayer flighting at E3 next year. I th- that'll be a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, from the live stream that they had earlier this year, they're looking to start flighting probably later this year. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Okay. That's I mean, because cool. they they say we still intend to support an early flighting program that will give you a way to play the game and provide feedback that will directly impact decisions we make for launch and into the future. And it's definitely true that if they release it at E3, that's like mostly balance and sandbox changes you can do at that point. You can't do anything substantive to the game at that point. And after how well the, the Halo 5 flighting went, they kind of had the perspective of they want to have flight or basically a beta that goes out early enough, similar to that time frame. So at least like around nine months, that gives them the chance to actually go through things. So maybe we'll hear or get something to actually play earlier in 2020. Um, I don't know. Just don't forget, there's a difference between a marketing beta and an actual yeah. beta or alpha or whatever, you know what I mean? So if they're serious about it, they're going to need a lot more run of time because those public betas are just glorified commercials. Well, so it sounds like they're going to do something similar to what they've done with the MCC flighting and that there'll be waves of certain people that get like the early access that might not be streamable and they'll slowly expand it to more and more people depending on what things they need tested. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that I get. Yeah. And I'm hopeful. I mean, they, 343 has really doubled down after the Master Chief Collection and Halo 5 on flight early, flight often, um, and putting stuff out for people to test. So I'm pretty hopeful they'll continue that. I don't see not at this point one thing uh one tidbit that did not get called out at all but is in the halo waypoint article is we have our new composer um because uh Gianucci left um we got an announcement that he wasn't going to be returning uh and so our our new uh composer they go the given the enormity of the Scores importance and scope. We want to hire a team with a specific working sensibility. Blah blah blah. blah. Familiar and yet different. Um, and so they're introducing Curtis Schweitzer, um, who controls. He composed all the music in the trailer, um, and the music for Halo Infinite. Um, I mean, there wasn't. Can I, can I just say the music in the trailer was pretty decent? Yeah, it was good. I really, I mean, I, I'm really, it's... really good. Especially those drums. Those drums start kicking in after the piano bit. I was like, yeah. This is it. Yeah, and I think. There wasn't a lot to go on in that a lot of it was hitting. Like, we got the piano uh, sting from Halo 3. Uh, we got the the beginning of the Halo theme. Um, stuff that was specifically calling back to old stuff. So there wasn't a whole lot. But what was there, I enjoyed. Um, the Yeah, the drums, they're clearly the Halo 
but they were they were substantially different at the same time. So they, I hope that gives a sense of hey, we're gonna we're gonna pay homage to the old stuff. We're not going to to be slavish to it, which I don't think has been a problem. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, I I got chills just spider sense going off by silent photographer just hearing that. Like they're hitting the right notes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in terms of reaching their I mean, audience, at least me in this case. So I love well, it. I think this entire thing, especially with, um, it's, it's funny to say, considering we were just talking about how it's such a different trailer than what they've done, but it's also 100% targeted about reassuring old people and getting casual people on board. Like they're focusing on, Hey, this is continuing the story. Don't freak out people like, forward unto dawn but we this is going to be the perfect jumping in point if you haven't paid attention in halo in a while um and here's some old music and old mark four six whatever for you to look at i don't think three for three's problems ever been like not conformed to the old stuff too much but it's like how much new stuff do they throw into the mix so it seems like they're trying to find that balance of Okay, how much new stuff do we keep, but how much do we want to harken back to kind of what Halo's been known for, I guess, in the past? I really hope they, they, they run hard into the nostalgia because it works. It played to your strengths, you know, play to your, 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 your legacy and appeal to the fanboys. Come on. We all want our favorite wee toys back. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. That's, it's Halo. By the time this comes out, Infinite is going to have to hit. It's going to have hit after like Doom and a bunch of franchises that have really pulled the the spiritual reboot uh, kind of card in terms of going back to basics. Um, and I think they're trying to do the same thing, hopefully with as much success. That uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> Everything old is new again. Kind of like I said before, it gives a very intriguing viewpoint to it. Not necessarily in a bad way, but in a different way. Yeah, I think we'll we'll have the same. Another year of exciting arguments about the same stuff, which is a downside. But um, I'm still excited about this game. I'm super hopeful for it. Hope people can can enjoy I'm, it. I'm just really excited by the fact that they get extra long time to make the damn game. Um, I know what it's like. The more time you have, the better. Sometimes, and getting out of that three year cycle, I think, was really important. I I don't complain about a lot of the Halo stuff, but I think, especially from an overall package standpoint, what has hurt Halo Four and Halo Five, especially, was that they just didn't ship with a bunch of stuff that they didn't ship with Forge, that they didn't ship with some game types. Um, I think this obviously is a story trailer, but that's where I'm most excited about the dev time, is that I'm hopeful that, hey, they're going to rebuild this up, and it's going to be fast, it's going to be responsive, it's going to be great, but it's just going to have more stuff to start with. Um, because the Halo, the Halo community is great at providing longevity with what you give it. You don't need to drip feed things. Well, thanks for joining us on this impromptu stand, Dust. Enjoy the rest of your E3. Sure. 
Thank you. Because you'll actually get to play stuff. Not Halo, but other things. I get things. to play Recon PC tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I am oh. jealous. Have fun, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have... know I will. Yeah. Um, so that wraps it up. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can get the show notes and links uh, for this episode, as well as articles and more, will be found on our website, fortagenot.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And follow us on Twitter or catch episodes on YouTube by following the handle at Forward Dawn. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.